This is the Lessons Learned No Guarantees podcast, where we talk about current events, parenting, marriage, relationships, feelings. Aw, that's cute. No topic too insignificant to discuss and speak with some of the best humans on the planet. They will keep it real and keep it moving. Hey guys, welcome back to Lessons Learned, No Guarantees, otherwise known as LLNG. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, tuning in this week. Um, I am your host this week, Nasty Nasim, and today we got two special guests. But before we get to them, um, I'd like to introduce our regular panels, Linda. Hey guys, happy to be back. We also got Sony in the house. Hey, chicos. Our first special guest is Andres. Hey, how's it going? Our second special guest this week is Monica. Hey, everyone. Okay, guys. So this week's topic is how is virtual learning going? Um, every, oh, man. Everybody's doing it. It's COVID season. Uh, first of all, uh, Monica, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Monica, and I'm a first-year, fourth-grade teacher. I just graduated this past May. Shout-out to UMD. Woohoo! Good job, Monica. <laughs> put some respect on her name, y'all. Come on now. <laughs> She's, put some, you, gotta, you can't say it like that. You got to say put some respect. It ain't no respect. It's respect. All right. All right. Yeah. All right, Andres, tell us a little about yourself. All right, well, I'm a rising senior. I'm yeah. 17. I aspire to go to a four-year college after I finish high school. My man. I'm thinking about going to Elon. So. Oh. Sorry, where is that? Uh, it's in South Carolina. Oh, nice. Shout out to South Kakalaki. <laughs> All right, basically, so from our special guest introductions, we're going to have the perspective of a student and of a first-year teacher uh, with us today discussing our topic. So, Monica, basically, um, do you think that the children that you are teaching will learn more or fall behind with this uh, virtual learning thing? What do you think about that? Um, to be honest, I have been doing this for about two weeks now. And um, to be honest with you all, it's kind of in the middle. There will be students who get support at home and they will keep on learning. And then there's students who don't get as much support from home, especially the students who don't speak English. And Hola. honestly, they'll fall behind. All right. I feel that. Linda, I mean, you're you got a couple of years under your belt uh, and, and you've definitely taught pre-COVID and post-COVID. So you tell me, like, what do you what, what do you think about that? Do you think that they're getting as much or maybe if they're not getting as much, are they getting the same quality instruction as they would? Okay, so for our viewers, I am going into my fourth year of teaching. So I have some little experience under my belt. I want to say that I'm still, you know, gaining that as I go. But I think definitely children will suffer this school year. 
more so socially emotionally. I think that's what's really important because not everybody's experience through COVID is the same. And that's what sometimes it's really scary as you're teaching because we can't expect the same. Um, unlike when they come into the classroom, we give everybody the same or we try right to give to give everybody the same experience. So I think that's what's a little bit crazy. And quality wise, I mean, of course, every teacher in America is going to want to give them quality, right? But it just, it, we have no control this time about what's happening on the other side of the computer. So that's what's like really eating us up. Period. Mm-hmm. Sonia, as a parent, how do you, how do you feel like your kids are reacting? Do you think that the stories, obviously, I guess the stories aren't the same, like, oh, what happened in school today when they actually went to school as opposed to, you know, them sitting in front of a computer at home for five hours? Right. So just to give a little bit of feedback, I have one in middle school and two in elementary my middle schooler loves that he's home. He doesn't have to wake up early. So, you know, he loves that. Shout out to Junior. <laughs> and my um, fifth grader, she actually misses school. She wished she was back on campus. But due to COVID, she knows that it's much safer at home, which I am content. Now, my little second grader, just on the first day, he did. He kept saying, Mom, I'm bored. I'm bored. <laughs> Looking at the screen. But then I... But, you know, it was a lot of instruction. I mean, it's their first day. They're, it's not just interactive. They're not doing activities. It's more informational. So I think as time goes on, you know, it'll be a little bit different. Now, they did have a one um, interactive activity with one of the teachers. And I saw him smiling, jumping. You know, I think for each age, things might be a little bit different. As a parent, I am happy that they are home. Um, on the other side, as a working mom, it is difficult because after work, I do have to come home, review everything, make sure they're... If, they're up to date in their task. You know, I don't want them to fall behind. It's a lot of expectations both ways, but I think we're all learning it together. I'm I'm scared that these teachers might get a little too comfy and, uh, you know, want to virtual uh, learn or teach all the time and then have the parents do the legwork. <laughs> like I mean, I'm telling my parents every day and, and the kids, because clearly like I am teaching parents and kids at the same time, which is, by the way, super difficult. I feel like I have all of these eyes on me and judgment. Elaborate but, on that. Why are you teaching parents and children at the same time? So I'm first grade. Um, so I have babies, you know, you at the beginning of the year, they're still kindergartners. They're just learning to read. They've recently mastered their alphabet letter sounds some you know basic algorithms and math and things like that so it's really challenging to now put a computer in front of them and do everything so i have parents you know next to them that is helping them so it can make their day a little bit easier again we're really concerned about their social emotional because i have seen kids break down in my computer screen and i can't do anything <laughs> about it which sucks besides talk them through it go ahead monica i think you have something to say yeah just to piggyback off of what linda said i don't think teachers will get too comfortable with having the parents do all the legwork because don't get it twisted we are doing double the work than we did in the classroom typically um we are making the lessons. We have to now create it digitally. So, you know, making sure we're adding pictures and videos and this and that, because I teach fourth grade, but I have students who read at a first grade level and these students barely speak English. So literally I'm taking time out of my break, out of my lunch after school to literally guide them how to just use Google Classroom, how to check their Gmail how to turn in assignments, like these little simple things that we think is so easy. It's really hard for them. And then, you know, the parents, 
they don't know anything that has to do with technology. So like I said, it's double the work. So and I, I remember what I was going to say, but I was just saying, like, I tell both parents and kids that their parents are the superheroes right now, to be honest. Like, again, there's not a lot that I can control from my end. But their parents can. And I just, I give them all the props. I mean, yes, they're helping us. But like Monica said, like we're doing a lot, a lot of like double and triple the work. Um, when you said my parents, uh, I know Sarnia, you want to jump in for a second. But <laughs> when you say my the, the parents are the, uh, the heroes right now, that just reminds me of a meme that I saw. Oh, do share. Um, how, you know how your kid is crying because now his new substitute teachers whooping their ass at home <laughs> speaking about the parents. And there's another one with a Hispanic mom and they're in front of the, she's in front of the computer with her kid and she has, she's got the chancla <laughs> on her hand, like ready to whoop that ass. I love that. Okay. So we've heard from, we've heard from parents, we've heard from teachers, Andres, give us a high school person's perspective on how it is, what is different, uh, what you like, what you don't like about this new virtual learning that's going on. Okay, thank you. Well, I think it's very crucial to see both sides, the teacher's perspective and the student's perspective, because I, I think it's really important to know how the teacher thinks, because we all have, as students, we all have to cope with the new the new system, all the new programs we have to run. And this and is probably like the first time that you've heard teachers' perspective right now, uh, listening to Linda and Monica speak about their experiences and, you know, what right. they have to do and stuff like that. So, all right, cool. So you got the teacher's perspective. That's probably giving you a bit more of an appreciation. I want to know how you feel, my man. Well, it's it's a bit of a struggle moving in. I would say that it's it's very different for a lot of students. Me personally, I think I'm very confident in in my in my move into uh, virtual learning, especially in senior year. You know, I'm just I'm ready to to move on. I have two siblings who are in middle school now. My my brother is in high school. I'd say it's different for them because they have a different mindset. I'd say my brother he's a little bit laid back and he's not really. What grade is he in? Motivated. He's in. He's going into uh, ninth grade now. Oh the freshman. man, I wasn't motivated in the ninth grade either. So I feel <laughs> right. him. I feel him on that one. So a whole new school. I think uh, some good advice for the parents is to look at their uh, what's in what's in it for me factor. So talk while talking to them. I think it's important to understand, obviously, their perspective, but how they feel about what they want to do. Um, going into high school because it's really it's different for every every uh, student about you know career wise um, what you want to do how you want to approach high school and how you want to set goals and how you want to achieve them absolutely so I think that's important I have a question for you Andres do you have any frustration challenges do you feel like the workload is more I mean I know you're only on the second week but is there any other changes again it's very different for every student. Me personally, I have four AP classes going in. Um, yes. so the work the workload is check is you hefty. out. I don't know, guys, but I I just have to say, like, I am super proud of you, Andres. I mean, it's weird because yes, we're all friends and family, but we don't really get the time to speak. So hearing you just speak right now, and you know, I didn't even know you had so many AP classes, and then your mindset about school and your senior year. 
I've got to say that I'm really proud of I you right now. I didn't even know you were Take in high school, man. It. Last time you were, <laughs> you were like this tall. <laughs> and you guys, you know what's the highlight for him? He said, ladies are taking his time. It's not part of his interest right now. Oh, woo, woo for a 17-year-old to Ooh. say that. Yeah. He said he doesn't need any distractions he's handsome and he's sweet thank you thank you um all right I appreciate it. so from a, a parent of a college student right virtual learning he is not about that shit he's not about that life he wishes he was at campus fucking around with his friends and and to be honest with you i feel him 100 because when you man and i sorry i i just Something popped into my head right now because I was about to be like Calvin, you know, I like I, I, I feel him where he's coming from because he's not in the environment that is suited to to him learning. You know, he um, he's at home. He's in the environment that is used to chilling and laying back and all that stuff. But then something popped into my head and I'm like, you know, what about the kids who have such a horrible home life that school was their escape and now they don't even have that you know what i mean like uh what about the kids that went to school to get their lunch and their breakfast i feel you know bad for those kids yeah i can definitely understand that and i will say that that's exactly what's happening like i have a lot of parents that have been honest with me and I appreciate their honesty. I mean, it takes a lot of courage for them to say, you know what? I don't know what to do. I've never picked up a laptop. I don't know what I'm doing to help my child succeed. The only concern that I have right now is to make money to put a roof over their head and put a meal on the table. Tengo que encontrar el Google. Yeah, I mean, I told I, you know, I was explaining like Monica said, you put in the hours of like, okay, find the internet, the internet, and then they understand the internet as Google, and I'm like, oh my goodness, so much language barriers and things like that, and I can only imagine what the kid is going through because although many schools in the DMV right are giving um, food for breakfast and lunch, you need an adult, especially my students and even fourth grade right or anybody, you need a, an adult to go with you to go pick it up. So like, imagine if your parent is gone working or they say, hey, I'll be right back because they have to make ends meet. You know, that's the reality of it. It's then a sad what, reality. I yeah. Agree. Then what are you going to do? You know, you're 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 so hopeless. And unlike the school building, if a kid was hungry, you know, we have backup snacks or I can go back to the cafeteria and be like, hey, this kid needs more food. You know, like children don't lie about that, you know, and if they're not, their bellies aren't full, they're not happy and they won't be able to learn. So, Andres, you had some input on uh, what oh, I so said yeah. earlier. So I can build off off of what you said about kids struggling who who already were in a bad place. Yeah. Me personally, I, I work with a lot of students and get to know them. There was one student, he was a sophomore, not going to say any names, but he was in a bad place. His sister was going through a tough time and his mom just did not treat him good, I'd say. Um, his dad was not around at the time. So I tried to help with him. I worked closely with him and he skipped sometimes. He he just wasn't that attentive. So now that Corona has started and the virtual learning is taking, is taking its first step, it's hard for him. I don't think he's been present in any of his classes. And yeah, it, it's very bad. Although this, the schools, at least my school, provided 
technical support and other resources to students. Shout out to schools who provide technical support and resources to their students, to their um, less able students financially and so forth. So like I was saying, he hasn't really used these resources to his full potential because he doesn't have the the support, the father figure or the mother to guide him and support him through this new thing that all students have to adjust to. Man, that, that makes me think of like, how many kids are we going to lose during this pandemic, during these virtual, um, virtual learning sessions? Like the, some kids are probably never going to come back, you know? It's what happens. Like I have kids that I don't see for two days and then pop for an, an hour and then they're gone. And then I'm like calling them in, calling them back in. And it just doesn't work. And I took a course that like just couldn't have come at a better timing that in order to learn, you need motivation. Like You need motivation and it needs to click for you, no matter what the age is. But like what Andres was saying, your social emotional, that keeping that safe environment, you know, abuse. Like if that's all of the factors that you're dealing with, your brain is not going to be able to function. Like you can't even, you know, learn like really like you can. And I, I, I can't stress that enough to educators, parents, students, like it's so important and that's what's really lacking like eliana who needs to be in the classroom she strives from raising her hand getting feedback being with her friends at lunch i bet shout out to my niece yeah like mm -hmm. it, she's she's a so i mean who, who humans are meant to be social we need that interaction and the computer is just really not going to do it. I concur. I can attest to that. A lot of my motivation, like I'm, I'm a Pisces. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but <laughs> I, I strive. So. I, I, I feed off of other people's energy, right? I like when I'm in an environment with other people. When I'm by myself, I mean, I like myself and I'm starting to enjoy my company, which I didn't before, but I am starting to enjoy my company in my alone time. But there's nothing like it, the interaction that you have, the, the energy bouncing, because that's what's going on. There's, you're bouncing energy with other people, with other human beings. And it's such a big process of learning, learning who you are, learning facts about the world, learning things that you're being taught. And this shit, I hope it doesn't last long. I mean, that's to me, that's the main thing is that I hope that this is temporary. I hope that our kids are able to thrive in this new environment. And then the ones that aren't thriving, I hope that they can survive until normality kicks back in to our educational system. Yep. Right. From what I'm seeing is, or from what I'm hearing from the teacher's perspective, I mean, I think we all know, looks like the elementary is more, or the part that it needs help more is like the technology side, because the little ones, my son's math teacher sent him a link and she's like, oh, hyperlink to this. And he's like, mom, if I didn't stay home the first day, you know, I can't interrupt my oldest kids from having an um, online learning session and the other one in her room, you know. So, and then what I'm hearing for more middle school and high schoolers, I mean, they're a little bit more com computer savvy, you know, that we don't need that parental, you know, support right then and there to click a button or go into a class. But we do need more emotional support, you know, because it's a transition of what they're going to coping at that time too, you know, because they're about self-image, they're about, you know, peers. It's so much more involved. So yeah, I do agree. It's it's something that we all got to hope that we can all overcome. I mean, can you, can you imagine, you know, some poor kid with immigrant parents, you know, like trying to learn 
And you know, the mom's like, sacate la computa, abrite el Google. ¿Dónde está la mierda esa, Jerote? Like, I, like it's, um, it's sad. It's funny as shit, but it's sad as shit, too, you know? I know we're making fun of our Hispanics, but I feel like it goes for every other one who, you know, every non-American, you know, parental. Um, oh, you'd be surprised. You got some mountain white folk that don't know, <laughs> don't know who the fucking know computer that. is. Stop. But what you were like saying, Nassine, and I think everybody. Shout out to Jed and the <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies. And America has seen the, the meme of the two kids trying to grab Wi-Fi for those counties or schools that don't provide Wi-Fi. El Wi-Fi. El Wi-Fi, yes. El wifi. You know, that they were trying to get Wi-Fi from a local Taco Bell, was it, I think? Like, you know. And that shit broke my heart when I saw that meme. Like, it was a picture of it was a picture of two Hispanic girls. Mm -hmm. They didn't have internet at home. And they they walked down to their local Taco Bell so that they can get the Wi-Fi so that they can continue their learning for the day. And shout out to those girls because that proves and shows that you know it does come within you they were motivated Are to you learn kidding because me? There's a will at that a age right you know if you didn't have it like oh well i don't have it don't have to log in you know they use it as an excuse so that teaches a lot you know to a younger society when you're motivated you're in it everything is possible and everybody's normal is different like i think monica you can kind of piggyback that we want to create these like relationships with our kids But it's so hard and it's and we have to watch what we say, right? Like I can't just say like, what was your favorite part of your weekend? Because not every weekend was great or not everybody's summer was great. And that's a good point. You know, you have to really be careful now more than ever. So like, has that happened to you, Monica? No, yeah, I totally agree. Um, vocabulary is the number one most important thing when teachers are talking to students because not everyone has the same background, the same experience, the same lifestyle as other students. So I saw this meme where it was like, um, instead of referring to your the child's adults in the home, um, mom and dad, don't say that. Try to call them adults or grownups because not everyone has a mom and dad. Sometimes some kids are living with grandparents. Maybe they're adopted, you know, and these are triggers to them because you are now, they are welcoming you now into their home. So you just got to watch what you say because just because you have a mom and dad don't mean that all these kids have mom and dads as well. Well, Linda, when you said that, you just gave me the biggest flashback. I remember coming back to school every september right it's like such and, an easy question but it triggers so much oh man the first thing you know you got your you got your you know your your nice uh white teacher uh, well guys what did you do last summer how was your summer which you, and all these kids are like well i went to disney and i did this and i did that and i was like damn i went to the comic book store I walked up the street and watched a couple movies. My aunt took me to the Bronx and I stayed with her for a couple of weekends. So that was kind of cool, but damn, that shit isn't gonna sound like anything. I'm over here, like I'm literally, I'm this little kid in class making shit up. Yo, I was just gonna, yeah, you don't know how many people now, adults or like even like Jose that I've asked, like, do you remember that question? Like, it's so easy to ask, but he's like, same thing, he's like, I made stuff up. He's like, I went to the water park, I went to Six Flags, knowing damn well he didn't do a thing, you know what I mean? But just to like fit in with your peers, because if not, you would be looked down upon and treated differently. So I feel like I've taken that different approach. So when I say like, what was your favorite part? I'm like, guys, it could be your favorite food. It could be like, you know, you got to hug, you know, your favorite toy. Like it could be 
anything simple. Like, please do not put your favorite or try to match somebody because it's not a competition, you know? But it, it, it sucks and it's hard. Shout out to the kids that are that are making it work. Shout out to the kids that are making it happen. Shout out to those two little girls that went to Taco Bell to get Wi-Fi to finish their homework or their schoolwork. So guys, I want to ask the teachers a, a quick question. What do you think are the pros and cons of virtual learning? What do you guys see that could be possible frustrations or what can you see the positive side of this? Woof. Everything is a That's another podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, for real though. <laughs> I like to start with negative things. So let's start with cons. The cons are obviously not having that physical interaction with the students especially me because it's my first year. So I don't really, I haven't got to meet my kids. Um, what I did do was the, before the first week of school started, I hand delivered these distance learning goodie bags to their doors, to each and every one of them. Okay. Shout it was, out to the goodie bags. It was, a, yes. it was a struggle, but good thing I live close to school because if I didn't, I don't know if I would have done that if I'm being honest. Just seeing some of the students open the door, obviously I was socially distancing. Just seeing their faces saying thank you and their parents smiling. Like, you know, I was getting emails from the parents and the students saying, you know, thank you so much. That was so sweet. That was so kind. You know, I just wanted to build that rapport with them and the relationships already, even though we won't see each other in person. It was just a little um, small kind gesture that I wanted to do. Another con is like, obviously, if a student is struggling, it is very hard to try to get them back on the game like as the rest of the students, because in my school, we have a tag program, which is talented and gifted. And I have literally a mixture of all types of kids in my class. I have eight tag students. I have like seven ESOL students. This is just my homeroom. I have two classes. So in total, I have almost 50 kids. Okay. So it's just, it's a lot, you know, you have to do differentiation, like you have to do that in the classroom, but it's much easier inside the classroom. Now doing it online, it's just, it's a whole different story. You're already doing double the work, but having to do differentiation, making sure that the students are understanding, you know, staying online longer, um, cutting into your breaks, your lunches after school. Like I said, like I've been doing that almost every single day and it is tiring, but it feels so rewarding when they're just like, you know, thank you for helping me and stuff like that. It you know, it really does make me feel good. And I, it makes me feel good knowing that the students are somewhat understanding. It just sucks that like, not everyone has a great home life, because I will, um, there are students who love to participate and stuff like that. But when they unmute their mic, sometimes like, there's parents talking in the background, the kid, there's other siblings that are on distance, uh, doing their distance learning as well. And it's just like a whole ruckus. And I'm like, yo, how are these kids supposed to be focusing? Like, it's just, like, it's just so many cons, and, you know, I just can't wait till this uh, never-ending roller coaster is over. Like, get me off this simulation already. And the pros would be, my kids are, I can't lie, most, I would say about 95 of my kids are engaged. They love the lessons. Like, they're always so excited, always participating. I always tell them that participation is mandatory. I do not police them on showing their faces because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable if they're not comfortable showing their home life. What they have behind them you know what I mean like maybe they're sharing a room with like three people maybe they have to do their distance learning in the kitchen maybe they don't have any open space you know so I don't police them on that as I got long a as question about that I'm sorry to interrupt it's Monica, not, it's all but, good. Um, so you don't police them on showing their faces so does that mean that they they can have a blank screen or a black screen so how does that work like I'm intrigued so what I mean by that is um, when they cut their camera off, it shows their full name. 
but they could also add a picture of themselves if they want to. So it's not that I'm just looking at their name or like a black a black picture or whatever. I see. But I do tell them that participation is mandatory. And what I mean by that is either they can have their camera on and unmute themselves when they use the raise hand icon and I call on them. Or they can turn their cameras off and just unmute themselves because there are students who are shy and they're nervous to speak when others are looking at them. So they can keep their cameras off as long as they're talking or they can use the chat box feature, which is where they're just typing their response to my question. So I do use equity sticks or I use this little wheel thing where they see the name getting picked out. And so far, it's been going well, like especially for my students who are shy. Like, you know, I do keep them back and say, hey, you know, I really do need you to participate more. Like, I don't want you to be scared. Like, we're all learning here. This is all new. Like, I try to make them feel as comfortable as possible. Shout out to Equity Sticks. (laughs) Definitely. Taking it old school. But yeah. And yeah, just getting to know them. Like, these are just some awesome kids. And, you know, the number one thing about kids is they adapt to any environment any what's the word i'm looking for they just adapt to any situation and that's the thing that adults need to learn to do i i concur i agree 100 percent. that is probably the one thing that i took into adulthood from my youth i wish i would have taken a lot more like my innocence <laughs> uh my childlike sense of wonder but i ended up taking my adaptability into my adulthood. Like I can adapt to anything. Those cons, those pros. Thank you, Monica, for that. That was great. Um, What are some of your frustrations? Frustrations are definitely like when my tag students are understanding what I'm saying, like they're on the ball. Obviously, they're going to be on it. Like those are the ones that have more support at home. They understand technology 100%. The frustration part is when my students who are lower level, which I don't really like to call them that, but those it are the ones who is. are not, it is what it is. You know, they're the ones that are reading at a lower grade level, reading at a lower grade level. They're not understanding, you know, I really got to take the time and, you know, help them. Like I said, it is rewarding, but it is very tiring. Like, I don't know how long I can do this, but, you know, I'm going to push myself as much as I can because honestly. Welcome to being a teacher. You get, you do a bunch of work you don't get paid for. Sometimes right. you have to use your own resources from the little bit of pay that you All get. All the time. Man, you know, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to hook you up with. <laughs> Shout out seriously to all the teachers out there. Absolutely. Ms. Vogel, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> you're my favorite high school uh, teacher. Can I add one more frustration? Sorry. Absolutely. Another frustration is for the first two weeks, I've been trying to add, um, I've been trying to get all these kids on the Zoom meeting. I've been honestly harassing the parents. Like I've been calling them, emailing them. I've been saying, look, I need to, to your child to get on to the Zoom meeting. Es que yo no encuentro el Google. <laughs> So does the school make it mandatory like for teachers to reach out to the ones that are not like um, participating or are not even online at all or not? So we do take attendance. It was twice a day, but now it's only once a day because they just want to see if the students are getting on at all. Out of my 23 homeroom students, I, I mean 24, I'm sorry, I'm missing one student who we cannot get in contact at all. I hope that child is doing well. I hope the parents are doing okay. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's sad. It's a sad situation, but it's kind of like out of my control because I've called them like many, many times, sent many emails and, you know, yeah, like it is what it is at this point. The admin at my school do make it mandatory that you're checking which student is logging in, who's doing assignments and stuff like that, because it does go on their record at the end. All right, Linda. 
frustrations. Else, she covered it all. <laughs> I mean, I think again, it's really different. Every every level of education is just so different. She's in fourth grade, still elementary, but fourth grade is very different from first. The frustrations are pretty much the same. So are the cons, right? It's it's just super frustrating because yeah, I have some first graders that are reading Harry Potter and our third grade, you know, reading level and things like that. And I have some students that we call them furthest from opportunity at my um at my school, you know, that really need so much support. The only pro that I could really say, besides being safe at home, though, is that it's just teaching parents and students and teachers to be like just super kind and super mindful about everybody and everything thing like the children are being very supportive to one another which is really nice um i just love making them happy like the little things that make them happy and seeing their eyes just go really big after saying like what superpower would you have i know super corny but it's just the little things that they've been stuck at home and having no interaction to at least having something that makes them like really really excited and same thing, helping as many um, children as we can, like taking them away from maybe that tough home, how we keep talking about, even it's for even if it's for just a little bit. But uh, that's what I really look forward to. It's super tiring. I mean, teacher teaching is tiring as it is. But then being home, um, I know it's it's more because the kids feel comfortable. You know, like I have to make sure I'm like, hey, kids, make sure you have clothes on <laughs> or, you know, like make sure that uh, you are ready to go. You have your charger and teaching them all of these things that. I don't think a first grader should know, but you know what? Like um, Monica said, you know, they are so malleable. They're able to morph into anything that they need, and they have really been surpassing my expectations. So I love my first graders. Most definitely. I'd like, I'd to, love, I'd uh, like to build on, on the teacher's perspective. Uh, I'm not, I know I'm not a teacher, but I think I could connect with my teachers enough to know what, what they go through as, a, as virtual learning continues on. One thing I would be really stressed with is my when my students don't understand what there's a lot of um things that we have to download and a lot of uh links that we have to click on and when those things don't work for students I think it would be hard for the teachers to you know help them cuz some teachers are are new to this and they don't really know um how some of this technology works so when the students are struggling and the teacher is struggling. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's really stressful for them to uh, help them. I agree. All right, guys. So I'm just going to end this with the parental view. I mean, I've only been doing this for a week. You know, it is, again, a big transition for many parents um, juggling jobs. Just my neighbor says she took different hours. One parent's doing morning, one's doing afternoon. Unfortunately, in my case, we both have to be on site at work. So shout out to my oldest for helping out, you know, making sure these kids are logging in on time. You know, it's, we're all adapting. I mean, I'm getting thousands of emails. Shout out to the teachers. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. I know they're doing their part by trying to make sure these kids know their schedule, understanding what's expected. But some, I just wish in a sense, you know, people who came up with this schedule, it, it could have been a little bit easier because every day I feel like even though these codes are the same, these login are the same, um, they're Every week, it's like changing. One has different schedule. I think it should have been a little bit more lenient, but you know what? I think we're all doing our best. So I think we're all going to go over this, you know, hump and 
this frustration, I see it as being temporary. The only pros I see, again, from being home is that our little elementary school students will be so more and more technology savvy later on in life that, you know, it's what this world is about at this time. So I think we got them a little prepared sooner than what we wanted and needed. But, you know, I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, that's definitely a pro. Um, like Linda said, other than staying home and keeping safe and staying away from COVID and spreading it. I, for one, can't wait till all this shit is over. I think that uh, virtual learning has very little benefits on both sides, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a student, whether you're a parent, all, all three sides, I should say. And I can't wait till it's over. I salute Everybody who's doing what they can, given limited resources, given limited support from family members, co-workers, parents. And I would like to end today's episode with my favorite meme, right? Oh, no. That. Is it appropriate? It's definitely appropriate. My favorite <laughs> meme of all time, and it's always going to be my favorite meme of all time, is protect all children, even if they're not yours. Thank you guys for listening so much this week's episode. We'd like to invite you guys to please uh, listen into our other episodes at lessonslearnnoguarantees.com. You can check us out on our website. You can also please check us out on all social media platforms and Sonia. One little um, more reminder, Monica does want to invite you guys to her personal page. She has, I think, set up two accounts, one on Instagram, one on YouTube that she's helping all, you know, new teachers overcome this, you know, first year virtual teaching. Monica, tell us where is that? Yeah, so my Instagram and YouTube are both the same name. It is at taught by Miss Romero. Taught by Miss Romero. Uh, that's going to be on Instagram and YouTube, correct? Correct. All right. Let's get her some stalkers, please. Check her out, guys. It's amazing content. You won't regret it. Thank you. All right, guys. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. We love you. You've been listening to Lessons Learned, No Guarantees podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, don't be selfish. Share it with a friend. Never miss an episode and subscribe on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use. Please rate, review, and find us on YouTube and social media. We're out.